Hi out there. This is Frankie Galland. Welcome to the second episode of the One More Try podcast. In this podcast series, I interview skateboarders about their journeys from skateboarding to sobriety. Today's guest is Andrew Pozierelski. Andrew is an artist and illustrator. I met Andrew at a friend's birthday, and when he told me he was a bartender, I explained to him that my experience working in bars was messed up. I got drunk, was on drugs the entire time. And then when he explained to me that he doesn't drink, that he's a sober bartender, well, I really had to hear that story for myself. So we exchanged information. Um, A few weeks later, he invited me over to his apartment and basically tell me his whole story, his journey from drinking to becoming addicted to alcohol, sort of the downward spiral that took place because of his drinking. Andrew deals with anxiety, and he explains that, well, hangovers give you anxiety. So how do you cure hangovers? Well, you drink more. And when you show up to work and you're hungover, what do you do? You got to drink more. Uh, That's what I did when I worked at nightclubs. And I can imagine most bartenders who get fucked up at work, they repeat the same cycle. Well, the cycle kind of wore out for Andrew. He'll explain that he was uh, having the shakes at work. He had to go to the hospital on more than one occasion. And eventually, his body kind of quit on him. He had to go home back to Detroit. I hope everyone out there is having a great holiday season. Uh, I know this time of the year, if you're sober, it can be tough. There's a lot of uh, parties, family gatherings. It's stressful. I went to a holiday party the other night. There was copious amounts of alcohol. There was a lot of beautiful people, a lot of cool people. I ran into some old friends. But needless to say, there were a few awkward moments where in the past I probably would have reached for a drink just so I could um, sort of get through the awkwardness. Uh, But the more I go out, the more I socialize, the more I commit to having the same quality of life or having a better quality of life than when I was drinking. Um, The more I do it, the the easier it becomes, the better it is. You you learn about yourself, learn how to listen to other people, and you realize that no one really gives a shit whether you're drinking or not drinking, you know? I sort of liken, like, my analogy for, like, when I first started going out um, and I wasn't drinking, it's like I felt like my feet were stuck to the ground like glued literally to the floor. Like when you haven't been dancing in a long time, you kind of want to go out and groove on the dance floor. Your mind wants to do one thing, but your body doesn't really want to follow along if you're a little out of step. Um, You know, that's how it feels in the beginning. And you're learning basically how to walk again. (laughs) I mean, but, you know, the more and more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, And I'm I'm lucky enough to have friends who support me, and um, yeah, it's really something else. Without further ado, here's Andrew's interview. My name is Andrew Parzalski. I'm from England originally, London, just outside of London. Um, moved to Detroit when I was ten. So yeah. How old are you? I'm thirty. Okay. Yeah. That's funny because I'm from England myself. Are you really? I was born in Windsor. Oh wow. And I um I moved to states when i was like five okay you're a citizen yeah i was um my dad was american my mom's from thailand oh cool they had me out there um and then my dad got a job transfer same to the states 
Same but I'm actually working on um, getting my citizenship. I mean, the dream is maybe to move overseas at some point. Same. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, my parents are like, don't go back to England. Like, it's not like it used to be there, but... Nothing is ever like Yeah, nothing is. You could say that about any... I know. It doesn't matter where you are. Like, I know. I just feel like I've been eight years here, and I'm like, you know, just I, land, I basically moved here from Miami, still getting fucked up. Yeah. Like, you know, it's functioning but i was still like going out weekend warrior style spending all my money you know? see that's how that's how i was at first i mean i was i started when i started drinking is like when i like i didn't like i mean i guess i did gradually get more and more into like closing myself like being alone being in the closet because i was like embarrassed of what i was doing oh yeah you know what i mean so at first yeah i was like a weekend warrior i was going out like all the time and like yeah you know like looking at my tab the next day like on my bank account being uh-huh. like being like, oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. I probably had like nine or ten beer shot deals, you know. And then like, who knows what after that? And like, I definitely was drinking all day before that, you know, yeah. always. But then I just like used it as like a way to cope with anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Like hangovers create like so much anxiety. Yeah. So eventually, I just started waking up and just going straight to the store and like. Yeah. Buying like it started out as like a pint of gin. I drank gin on my own. All oh, the time. Okay. My father drinks. Yeah. Yeah. There's always. You always drank the cheap stuff. So at my house growing up, there was like the recycling bags were full of yeah Gordon's gin bottles. Yeah, teach you to drink the hard stuff, you know. But anyway, like yeah, I was buying pints of gin. This is kind of intense shit. For this me is to in tell you. this is in New York. This is in New York. So in co- all through college, I was party animal. Like oh, you were. Like I couldn't wait to like get out of class and like go to the store and like or I, when I was underage, I'd like have my homies like they're older buy me beers. Yeah, and I would just like always want there to be like a house party to go to like Mm. that term FOMO like I always was like if I I was at work and people were like yo like we're at this party I'd be like dude I gotta get the fuck out of work I want to get to this party like just so I can like you know like drink until I black out yeah no I think I felt the same way um I started later drinking I'm a bit allergic to alcohol because I'm half Asian so I get red I get turned bright red but I figured the way around it more or less and then you even have to. like, even like, you know, I was a professional skateboard photographer. We'd be at like some spot with generators and I'd be like, fuck, dude, I want to get out of here and go drink. I know, dude. <laughs> like, fuck this shit. Well, what for you at that, at that time, was it like, I want to like, I need it. Like, I feel like I'm withdrawing um, or was it like you just wanted to be partying? Right? I think I just wanted to be partying. Yeah. That withdrawal like stuff came later, but I see that's, that's exactly how it was for me. Like it came later waking up with anxiety only way to get rid of it for me was you know buying i mean it got to the point where i was buying four pints of gin a day yeah and four gatorades like four big gatorades and just like drinking them in two goes like sitting in my room on my own like yeah you know like chugging gin like why didn't i think like what i look like a fucking (laughs) crazy person right now you know like but i didn't i was like this is okay like this is this is the way I get rid of my anxiety. No one else knows this. Yeah. And then before you know it, there's fucking like bottles of gin everywhere. And like some of them, if they still had some gin left in it, like I would remember waking up like in the middle of the night and like going to the freezer and opening the freezer and yeah. seeing like half a bottle that I forgot I put in there and being, oh. and being like, Oh my God, this is like, like it was like drugs. Yeah. Like yeah hard yeah. drugs. Yeah. And like drinking it and like feeling this warm feeling and just yeah. being like, all right, like I'm, Back to normalcy, not even like getting fucked up, going to work too. Like, what were you, what were you doing? I was work? I was bartending at the time at, oh. at Roberta's. You know, Roberta's. Okay. Even when I was working there, I was like, 
before work, like I've never really told anyone this, like little things I used to do, but like I would go into work and like fill up a cup of tequila yeah. and fill up a cup of orange juice, like mm-hmm. all the way, like, like I'm chugging it like it's fucking water. Yeah. And I would chug the tequila and that <laughs> was like, gin was only at home. Yeah. Oh. But I would like, so I'd like chug the tequila and then chug a glass of orange juice and then go clock in and be like, and, and everyone be like, what up, Hoga? Like, yeah. how's it going? Like, and I'd be like, what's up? Like, I'm not shaking right now. So I'm great. I'm good. You know? Yeah. Like, but definitely. Yeah. I know that because I used to work at this nightclub. Um, so I'm in Miami. In Miami. So I moved back to Miami. And I lived in LA from like 2000 to like 06. And then at the end of that, like my girlfriend and I started getting into heroin. So yeah. I was like a full blown like heroin addict for a couple of years. Um, and then I was like, fuck dude, I gotta like, she left to get clean. And long story short, I sold everything I had and like just came to Florida. And I got a job at a skateboard, an MIA skateboard shop. Oh, really? Yeah. Sick. So that, um, all that stuff was like, in the closet though no one knew none of that stuff yeah yeah just a couple few people so that was in the closet for you the drinking was more of like yeah everyone does it like I'm going out partying having a good time I mean I put the heroin when I got to Miami like I didn't touch it again it was like associated with this other person kind of well I know I know people that have gone through that too but yeah the crazy thing for me to realize was like heroin can't kill you from withdrawals you know right I don't know but booze but can't. Booze and like they say like certain barbiturates like Xanax. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's definitely like hell on earth. <laughs> well, yeah, for me was like the worst thing ever. You moved here. You're, well, you came from like partying in college. Yeah, and I literally moved home to Michigan back oh. to, well, I mean, I was in Michigan in college, but oh, different part of Michigan. Yeah. So it was Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. So I graduated college, moved back in with my parents. And then I was like, what am I doing? I graduated college. Like. Yeah. where's the next move you know yeah. and like my buddy pat galloway he moved to new york okay and he's like one of my best buds i was like always hanging out with him in college you know like smoking weed and like he moved out here and then i was like oh i need to move somewhere so i moved to new york and you know new york like move out here and it's just like when you visited you want it to be like that the whole time yeah you know because when you visited it was like such a rush you're like yeah. oh everyone's going to bars beers beer and sh- beers are cheap shots are cheap like yeah Everyone's doing it, like, it's sick, but, yeah, I don't know. What did you go to school for? I went to school for, for sales and business marketing. Oh, really? Yeah, I do not look the type of that person that would be going to school for that, but that was funny because it was, like, some, like, long-haired, like, scummy-looking dude in school with a bunch of frat dudes. Yeah, that was interesting time yeah. of my life, definitely. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think nowadays with, like, business and all that, you don't have to have a certain look if you're, like... Oh, no, totally. People, people, entrepreneurs look just like yeah. yourself. Yeah, no, 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 totally. When you come to New York, you realize, like, oh, like, there's every walks of life or, like, yeah. in all sorts of things. Yeah, times are changing for that, like, being accepted more for your skill set than yeah. the way you... Definitely. ...look physically, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and then I got into bartending. So in yeah. New York, I was like, oh, people bartend out here. People make good money. People make good money. Like, really good money. Like, you know, yeah. like, nine to five money. Like, you know, yeah. like, salary money. But yeah. even more so sometimes. But, yeah, I got into that. And it's like, with me, it's just, that's, like, all I wanted to do was just, like. Because you're part of the party and you're exactly and making money. Exactly. It's kind so, of, like, best of both worlds. Yeah. So, I was like, yeah, I was pretty much just, like, partying and making money at the same exact time. So, I was like, this is the life. I love this. Yeah. But. You can't do that shit forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I never saved. Oh, I saved a little bit of money at the nightclub. But, like, it was so, like, 
I've known loads of bartenders that are broke because you just oh yeah back to the bar, dude. That's you, exactly. You spend or you go see your buddy and you tip him like yeah. all your last night's wages. Even even though they like they're hooking you up, like you're like oh I'm not spending money, but you as a bartender know that you're supposed to you know like yeah. hook him up for hooking you up. Yeah. So you end up like spending even more money than you would spend like if you went to like a bar where you didn't even know the bartender. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like at the end you're wasted and you're like, oh, here's a hundred bucks, yeah, dude. Man. Thank you. Even though you only had like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like $20 worth of shitty beer and, yeah. and whiskey or that's whatever. Like, you're... That's like the bartender's credo. They're like, oh, I hope all my bartender friends come in exactly. and spend their last night's wages. Yeah. And then you get all those wages and then you spend <laughs> like all those Vegas, wages. So maybe you got to like get out like Sunday yeah. brunch. You're like, all right, here's all those assholes money. Yeah. It's Monday. I'm good. But it's like a snowball effect, you know, just. There's always, like, the secret, like, scum place you go to, like, yeah. when you work. Like, where I worked, there was, like, a whole different warehouse. Roberta's, like... Okay. Where all the beer and all the liquor was kept. Okay. And I, whenever I... It was, like, literally down the street. You had to, like, yeah. open a door with a key to get in. And that's yeah. where every huge warehouse full of, like, wine room with, like, a shit ton of wine. And then, like, liquor storage. Just tons of liquor. And then beer fridge. And I would just, like, walk back there. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go, like get some more buds for the bar and I would just like go back and like shotgun beers in the walk-in. And oh like, yeah. And the funny thing is, was like getting like reading emails management would send out being like, who's fucking shotgun and beers and just throwing the shit, like throwing the cans. Oh, the can just toss the cans in there. Yeah. I would just be like, fuck it. <sighs> I don't give a fuck. Like, oh, yeah. and like in my head, I'm like, that was me. And then like, there's one specific time I remember where, there was a bottle of, this is when I was like, I'll drink anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was like a bottle of, I haven't even told anyone this yet. This is crazy. Like there was a bottle of cinnamon, like Jack Daniels or like some sort of like gross ass, like yeah. shit that no one drank. And it was literally dusty in there. Yeah. And I like would just like take like little nips off it every time I would go over there. <laughs> and pretty soon it was like to the point where there was like this much left. And I was like, well, I'm not going to like, I have to leave it. Yeah. You know, because I'm not going to, the bottle's not going to go missing. But then there was, like, this whole thing, like, who drank that bottle? And, like, oh, no. and I work with, like, a shit ton of other people. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, dude, that was, fucking, that was me, dude. And now like, you're, like, hiding it. Yeah, and I'm like, even over these years, that's, like, still some something that, like, no one really knows. Even yeah. that's such a little thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. One day you'll tell your fellow bartenders, dude, you were the cinnamon fucking Jack Daniels guy. Yeah, I thought about one night just bringing it up and just, like, having a laugh about it. Yeah. Because at the time, it would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you drinking cinnamon whiskey, like, definitely in secrecy? <laughs> like, what the fuck? What happened with Roberta's? Roberta's, I, well, that's when, like, shit got serious with me, with my drinking, was, that's when I was, like, I became, like, a closet alcoholic. And I think some of the, it was, like, the anxiety of, like, dating. Like, I was very, like, in my head all the time. I didn't want to upset people. Yeah, I know that feeling. You know, so like in that situation, I ended up just like, you know, that's when the gin drinking started and I would like mm -hmm. buy all those bottles and drink like, I mean, it was a half a gallon of gin a day. And that was like, that wasn't even for me to get fucked up in my eyes. That was like, this is how, this is what your body is running on. Yeah. Were you eating at that time? I was never eating. That's the gnarly. crazy? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but like I couldn't eat. Like I couldn't even take a sip of this water without like wanting to throw up. Yeah, it's like I couldn't eat. I could never eat after a, a night of drinking. Yeah, like but and then it got to the point where I'd have to be intoxicated to eat. 
because for some reason I like didn't I would like dry heave all the time in the morning and like like sometimes yeah. that blood like yeah, I'd yeah. throw up blood and yeah. I'd be like what the fuck but I'd just be like whatever dude like I'm just a pile out whatever you know what I mean like <laughs> glamorize it yeah exactly like I and I did like and when I got really really when it started getting really bad I started to like it was like I thought I was like some sort of like savant like yeah. I was so in my own head it was crazy yeah. I was like listening to music in my room and like drawing like i i'm an illustrator so i was like not doing my best work at the time you know but in in looking back at it i'm like no i was just some dude with a gnarly problem containing it in his room you know yeah i know i think about that too when i was doing i was like oh like that was just like part of my life or going through that or like yeah and you can like compare yourself to like a rock star yeah or to like like, nothing to show for or like someone you really appreciate that like was like had that problem you know like oh this person like went through that and like yeah i don't know it's crazy yeah what year did you start skateboarding i started skating when i was i don't know probably like 98 97 98 i was really young it was like i was yeah started skating in late 80s yeah so i was yeah i was really young and that i wouldn't be sitting here today like where i am right now if it wasn't for skateboarding so i'm kind of an older grump now with skating yeah because i don't know i like I still like to go out, you know, like yeah. I'm not like some like hater on drinking. Like I'll never be like a straight edge person that's sure. going to like just shit talk on people that drink because yeah. whatever. I like some people I have respect for people that can drink responsibly. Yeah. no. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to go out and like have like a couple beers. Yeah. You know, like I envy that almost like I can never do that. Like, yeah. I mean, I envy your responsibility in all parts of life like financial exactly. relationship drinking and i think that like for me i've had problems with all those things with relationships mm-hmm. with money and so it's like getting your card straight for like that stuff's available mm-hmm. or like being okay that you you're not good with it and like just learning yeah that was the craziest the craziest part for me was coming to like realization that like i was fucking up like really bad you know like I don't know if you want me to get into like that realm of it, but like, so yeah, I was like, pretty much if I didn't wake up and have a drink, like I would be shaking, like, like I, I remember I went out to eat with my mom and I couldn't even eat a bowl of soup when she was visiting and she, I was like, oh, I'm just anxious. And I was so shaky from withdrawals that I couldn't even like raise like a fucking spoonful of soup to my lips. Like it would just... By the time it got to my lips, all the soup gone. And I would just be like sitting there like in my head like, God damn it. But anyway, so what happened was I woke up one morning and I like my brain felt like it was like moving almost like shrinking and getting bigger, shrinking and getting bigger. Like something like I, I don't want to like sound like, I don't know. I felt like I was dying pretty much. And I, I could have been, I mean, I, I was, I'll get into that. Like, yeah. So I like I had that feeling and I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like I think something is very wrong with me right now, you know? Yeah. And like to the point where I actually like called my buddy who managed at this restaurant. I was like, I can't come in. I got to like get the fuck out of New York for a minute and like seek like medical help, you know? So then I remember I like got up and I was like, called my mom. I was like, I'm coming back to Michigan. Like got a flight for the next day. Went to the airport. I remember I was at the airport bar and I drank like four glasses of like white wine and spent like 
spent like a hundred bucks and I was like, fuck man. Yeah. And then I got on the plane and I'd always like, for some reason I always like airports are like game for just like getting wasted. Yeah. And I would always, my excuse would be, I hate flying. Yeah. Like people at the bar, I'd like shoot the shit with them. Like, yeah, like have my double shot of tequila. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I hate flying. Like, yeah, but really, no, I just, I know. I'd get upset with a, if the airport bar wasn't open. Yeah. I landed somewhere, like a red eye. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It's supposed to be 24 yeah. hours. And you just like, you're like, I know I'm going to end up spending a shit ton of money here because it's so expensive at the airport, but fuck it. You yeah. know, like, this is my excuse. Then I got on the plane and I drank gin on the plane. You can buy those little airport shooters. Mm-hmm. I remember like getting three of those, like shooting it, shooting two of them and then making a mixed drink with the last one. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, that's it. I was almost back back to land in Detroit to like go back home. I was like, no more booze. That's it. And that's when it got like really gnarly for me was withdrawals. Yeah. Because I was like, I got back home and I was like, I'll start with small bites. Like I'll get good yeah. again. I'll be able to eat properly again. Mm-hmm. And then I think like two, like I couldn't sleep. I was sweating. Like you went cold turkey. I went cold turkey, which is not recommended. Yeah. And I had, well, I had a time before that, that I actually went to the hospital to like rewind a little bit. I yeah. uh, was at Roberta's one day and I was shaking so much and sweating so much that this dude, a regular there was like, yo, dude, like, and I told him I had a cold, a fever. No, I was like yeah. heavy withdrawals. And he ended up driving me to the hospital in Manhattan. And I spent after your shift or you left in the middle. I of- left in the middle of my shift and I went to Manhattan. He drove me to Manhattan. We didn't tell anyone. And he gave me a Xanax. He was like, this will yeah. calm you down, which is like, not. Nah, don't give someone withdrawing fucking Xanax, you know? Like, what are you doing? But anyway, it's nice of him that he did that, you know, yeah. that he took me there. And I was there for like eight hours. And they're like, you know, you should stay overnight. And I was like, nah, fuck that. I was like, mm-hmm. and I just went back home and just bought more gin and just. What did they tell you when you were there? They're, they do, Maybe. you know, the typical like, yeah. how much do you drink a day? Yeah. I didn't want to tell them that. Like, yeah. I didn't want to tell them I was drinking lethal amounts of alcohol every day, you know? But it just turns into, like, it's, your body runs on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you don't have it, you're like, where is it? It's crazy that we don't, that we're so resilient. I know. We die easier or something. I know. It boggles my mind. Like, I definitely push the limit pretty, push it to the limit pretty fucking hard. Like, yeah. But anyway, so that was the first experience that I just ignored. <clears throat> yeah. So then... Going back to like being at the airport and going back to Michigan. What year was that, do you think? Um, this was about two years ago. Okay. So I'm pretty f- like yeah, yeah, yeah. fresh. But yeah. anyway, um, so I went back to Michigan. I was doing swimming. I was like, this is like a day and a half into it. And then that night, it was like the second day. I remember I sat down with my mom. She made me salmon for dinner. Mm. Yeah, it was good. She was like, my mom is the best person ever. She like. She didn't know, which is like kills me that she didn't know, you know, but she never saw me. Yeah. And maybe she did know, but maybe she didn't want to like pry at me because, pe- you know, if alcoholics get angry if you call them out on yeah. like their issues. And yeah, I remember I was eating dinner with her. And then next thing I know, I remember being in an ambulance. This is all I remember. And someone asking me, I think it was either, I think it was the person in the ambulance, the EMT. We're like, who's the president of the United States right now? And I think I remember saying Bill Clinton, but I'm not positive because I was like mm. pretty much, I had a seizure is what happened. My mom told me later on that I like looked at her, like had a completely blank face and just like projectile vomited all over her. 
And then three and a half weeks go by and I wake up, my eyes open, almost a month. And I was like in the hospital and I was like, I saw my mom. I was like, what the, what happened last night? She was like, not last night. Like this, you've been in here for almost a month now. So I was in a medically induced coma. So that was insane. I was, I'm still like confused by it, you know, because it's missing time. It's missing time. And I didn't really go through any troubles, you know, because I, three and a half weeks, I was just getting nutrients. Like, you know, I was, I was detoxing, you know, but I was out, you know, Yeah. but I was hooked up on a life support. I was, I had a feeding tube in, I had a catheter and that was like, that was so real, but I didn't experience anything because I was out the whole time. Yeah. So the people that I really did like hurt were my, was my like mom and my yeah. dad and my brothers who like, my mom would sit next to my bed every night for three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, and I did, sh- in my eyes, she like had it rougher than I did. Yeah. You know? Definitely. But yeah, so then I woke up, apparently I woke up in my, my, uh, Dick was hurting pretty bad because I ripped out my catheter. Yeah, people do that. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, what the fuck, man? Oh. <laughs> but, but that was really like a fucking like flash of like reset, like resetting my life. Yeah. Like I woke up and I felt like I was like, sounds cheesy, but like born again, kind of. Yeah. Like I had to learn to walk again because I was in on a walker. And, oh, really? Yeah. Because I was in bed for three and a half weeks and it's like. It was like the weirdest feeling ever. It's like standing up and not having bounce because mm-hmm. your legs are just like been haven't been mobile, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that was it's crazy. That happened. It's almost like blessing that it is. You got put back together, like like I honestly like I feel lucky. Yeah. You know, like I didn't have to go through like the struggle of rehab and like yeah. I pretty much they just like. At least the the withdrawal symptoms. Exactly the withdrawal they, symptoms, and which you're is probably so dehydrated and like toxic yeah. that it like was so good for you to do that. Oh no, totally. But I was like getting the withdrawals though, like for years, you know. But like I was dealing with them by by like putting booze into my body. Mm-hmm. Did you stay home for long after that? I stayed home for six months, and I was like, I'm moving to Detroit. Like this is sick. And then I just started like going out. It was in the winter. It was like a bad time to be. What happened to your New York life during this time? Like, I kind of just like your was. Apartment, your whatever. I just pretty much dipped to my, my friend Jake Keenan, who's like my best friend ever. Like yeah. I would like jump in front of a, yeah. you know, whatever. He's the best. But anyway, yeah. he uh, he stayed in my apartment while I was gone. And obviously like I my dad like was like, yeah, just like keep whatever you want and like throw out like whatever you don't want. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much moved me out of my apartment for me mm-hmm. while I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, that was kind of like me realizing who my like true, really good friends were, mm-hmm. which I came to realize more and more over time. Like, yeah, I have friends that go out and party, but I can still like connect with them, like on a real level than like someone that used to just like want to hang out with me because I was like, Partier, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's remarkable how these people kind of disappear from your life. So you exactly. And you don't hang out to party with anymore. And it's slowly like they trickle out of like, and it's not like me being a dick. Like, I don't want to talk to this person anymore. It's just like when I meet up with them, like, who am I going to get? Like, yeah. And awesome. how often is it going to be someone that can't even like say a sentence? Yeah. 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 It's hard for people too. 
I never liked why my friends stopped drinking. You know how it is. Yeah, I totally. Always, I've said this before. It's like the two, my two worst fears when I was drinking was, well, whatever. It was like friends that would sober up or friends that would get girlfriends because then they wouldn't yeah. be around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They wouldn't have them around. Well, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I, there would be times where like my buddies would be like, oh, like I don't have any money. like, yeah. And I'd be like, I got money. I got you tonight. Like just yeah. because I wanted like someone to be oh, there. Yeah. Like I don't know if you ever would yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah, I've done that before. Like, I got you, dude. And you're like, fuck, good. Okay, they can come. Like, I'm not doing coke tonight. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, you are. I'm buying it. Let's do this. You know, like. Oh, I guess we can laugh at that now. Yeah. But now, like, it's crazy. Like, coming out of the hospital, like, being in Michigan for six months, going to move to Detroit, or stay, like, you know, stay put. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, like, I'm kind of still, like, toying with New York. Like, I still love New York. And I came back here to visit. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, I should just, like, come back for a little while and, like, experience it with a clear head, you know? Which is... Yeah, yeah. In the complete opposite way I was experiencing it. Yeah. It's weird, New York sober. It's weird. It's weird, but it's like... I don't know if weird's right. It's, like, new again. It's new, but it's, like, I feel so refreshed and, like... Yeah. People talk about, you know, what is it? The pink cloud or whatever? I don't know. When you're, like... Is that, like, an AA thing? It's, like, yeah. It's, like, when you're fresh out, like... So I've been sober for like a year and seven months, mm-hmm. but like it, they say like the pink cloud is when you're like freshly sober and you're like getting high off being sober. Being alive. You know, you're like, oh, like, yeah. cause you're not hungover, you know, you're yeah. not like headaches, you're not like puking, you're like, but maybe, maybe it is a pink cloud. Yeah. But I don't care. I'm happy right now. And like, yeah. I'm the happiest I've ever been yeah. and like love making other people happy because I definitely let people down Yeah. in the past. Yeah. So it's cool to just, like, be like, oh, I'm that, like, happy dude now, you know? It's like, I mean, I'm not always happy. No one is. But, yeah, like, yeah. when I go out, I'm, like, way more talkative. Like, right now, I'm, like, talking your air off. You're, you know, isn't that crazy? Like, But it feels good to get this these kind of stories out, you know? Yeah. Like, because I kept it in for, I don't know, like, years and years of my life. It was all inside me. Now it's coming out. And it yeah. feels good. Yeah. good. Yeah. At what point did you decide you were going to get back into bartending? Well, that's like, like, why the fuck would you do that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing with me is now I look at alcohol and I'm like, that shit almost killed me. Like, I don't like, I don't even care. Like, it doesn't phase me being around it, essentially. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, God, I really want to drink. Like, yeah, yeah, which is crazy to me and kind of scares me almost. I'm like, why don't I like this substance I've been relying on for like most of my like adolescence, you know, like, yeah, now I'm like. I don't know. I just don't even care about it. And that's what I know how to do. That's how I know how to make money. Yeah. And it's right now it's like, I'm kind of getting more into my illustrations and like doing like freelance work for like most of the time it's like friends, but like it's getting a little bit more into like random people finding me Mm -hmm. and that's cool. And like, I kind of like, I kind of consider bartending as like my like pay rent money. Yeah. And then on the side, like pretty much what I'm ever, I'm not working. I'm like sitting in my room just, drawing you know like that's good. and that that kind of saved my life honestly like yeah. getting back into like art mm-hmm. like i almost feel like what i'm drawing is like what replaced me sitting in one place and drinking a bottle of gin mm-hmm. which is i think fucking awesome you know yeah it's fantastic. i mean i'm not the best like i'm not saying i'm anything i'm not amazing or anything <laughs> but it's like one of the most therapeutic things for me yeah no, and that's hard why it's hard to like get into a 
like a job with that because with more limitations I exactly because right now it's just like oh this makes me feel good like yeah so yeah that like kind of helped yeah. me out a lot. i definitely stopped taking photos when i was partying too much or like the yeah f- any the, the work that i was making was just like nightlife party fucking photos yeah yeah like you know that my mind frame was just not same with skating you yeah. know like you never want i never wanted to fucking skate hungover like yeah the the past like skate clips i've gotten over the like past few years were like when i was just so fucked up that like mm-hmm. i just didn't care and i would try like whatever mm-hmm. like bombing hills and just like eating shit and mm-hmm. like stuff like that you know mm-hmm. but now it's like kind of relearning like feeling like a little kid again you know riding mm-hmm. around like getting excited when's the last time you skated define skating I don't know, man. I guess just getting on your board. But maybe like try maybe a park or something. I haven't been to a park in a while. When I was back in Michigan, my buddy Garrett, who actually is also sober, he was actually, he had a problem with hard drugs, but he, mm-hmm. he, um, he kind of like got me to get out of the house and like go to the skate park. Yeah. So this is like, I don't know, like a year ago Okay. now, but we went to like this park that has like, I don't know, pretty big, like tranny, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, stuff like I definitely didn't skate in a long time, but I used to love to skate. Yeah, and like yeah. I remember I just like got back on and I was like, got all this adrenaline and it felt so good. It feels good. It felt so good, you know? Mm-hmm. Check that wee. Like exactly. That feeling. I don't know where that comes from. Was there anyone that in skateboarding that you think inspired you to like, I guess you, you had like a near death experience, so that, that didn't really need it to be inspired. Oh, yeah, I didn't really need to be inspired, but specific like people in skating that are sober, like, there's like, people in skateboarding that never drank, which I never did. Well, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I know people that never drank, and I'm like, I don't know, it's sick. But anyway, like, I don't know, watching, like, Kevin Long, like, yeah. t- my friend Brad told me to watch the, like, uh, what's it called, Nine Club. Oh, yeah. And he's kind of, like, similar. Like, he got into art, you know? Like, oh, yeah. he always was, but he, like, tapped back into it. Yeah. And I was like... He fell off for a while. Yeah, and, like, it's just cool being able to relate, you know? Yeah. To people and being like... Yeah, fuck yeah, dude! Yeah. Like and getting like you know the hairs on the back of your neck, like you're like this is sick, and it makes me want to go out and like yeah, do cool shit. I guess that's like the draw to this project for me is like I don't know when I was you know hit rock bottom, I just didn't feel like there was anyone I could relate to. Or yeah, same. You're so insular. You're so like in your own alone. World. Yeah, you're alone. alone. I mean, I don't know if I would have just if I would have like wised up, even if someone was like, dude, you're fucking up. I don't. I think you got to figure out when you're up. That's interesting is actually a group of my friends like had like a full on intervention with me years and years ago. Yeah. And I was so like out of like out of it that I had no idea. And I was like, and then I kind of did get a hint and I was like, shut the fuck up guys. Like, what are you talking about? And they, and I could looking back at it, I can tell that they're like, fuck, like, God damn it. Like we're not getting through to him. Yeah. So it really took me like. You know, like hitting full on rock bottom to actually be like, oh yeah, I'm fucking up. Dude. Yeah, because like, yeah. I wonder, like, what what can you tell someone that hasn't really lost it all? Having that sense of um, saving yourself. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Maybe know where it came from. I there was it was New Year's Eve. I had half a gram of coke, and I was like, tomorrow I'm not doing this anymore. And that just let that's how it goes, though. You know, and just snowball from there. Yeah, because I couldn't ride my bike. I was just feeling like death all the time. My fucking any any kind of photography career was just not looking too. Good. Yeah, yeah. What do you have? But 
the one thing that's great, right, is waking up in the morning and like being stoked to like take a shower. I mean, the only substance I really do use now is is weed. I yeah. smoke weed. Yeah. Which is weird because a lot of people are like, "Are you sober?" Yeah, but I know. You, I had don't a, you smoke weed? I'm like, I had a struggle with that too, with what that means. I mean, I, I am under- like. If you got rid of the stuff that was killing Exactly. You. That's my mentality is like, yeah, okay, maybe I did switch over but to something else. But like it's not like I don't let it control my life. Yeah. You know, I don't like I can eat. I can yeah. like it's just like Yeah. It's not what was killing me, you know. Yeah. Like, no, I mean it sounds like you have problems with anxiety and you need to treat that. Yeah, I mean somehow. as yeah. long as it's not like, you know, going back down the road you've been been down. Definitely. You know, every day's a day to day, you know, like Yeah. That's how I treat it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Getting back to the basics, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just being happy. I think it was the first step for me. And then it like all my other garbage started to come to the surface, which is, I think it's part of it. Yeah, like, totally. My like, anger, my past disappointments. Oh yeah. All of that will come back full force. And like yeah. my temper. I have a bit of a temper. Trying to- I'm the same way though too. Yeah. Especially behind a bar dealing with drunk people. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, if someone asks me for a mocktail, I'm... It like makes my day, yeah. Because I like I have like so much to work with because Ooh, yeah. you know being a sober bartender, I got all the juices like oh yeah, all like my syrups and shit that I, yeah. I make to like make myself mocktails oh, a lot, good. you know. But like, yeah, yeah. You should make a mocktail, dude. I mean, mocktails are like pretty big now, like <clears throat> at bars, yeah. like they have mocktail menus. Yeah, and I think that's cool. I think that's super cool because it includes everyone, you know. Yeah, you know, it's bars aren't like yeah, that's. What they're there for is to get drunk, but like also yeah. it's there for social reasons too. It's mm-hmm. like hanging out. Like I don't know, I'm still one of the boys, you know. I'm yeah. not. I'm not like some random like weirdo. Like yeah. But I do remember back in the day, like looking at people that didn't drink and being like, oh, I can't hang out with that person. Yeah. And that kind of fucks me up nowadays because now I'm thinking like I'll be like seeing someone. Yeah. Like dating, especially dating. Dating, was dating is so difficult because you're like. In my head, I'm like, I don't care if you drink or like yeah. at all. Like, yeah. I don't care. But like, I understand where where they're coming from when they get wasted and they like don't really want to be around me because they don't want me to see him like that. Yeah. But then in the grand scheme of things, it's like if anything's going to work out between us, like I'm going to be seeing you wasted, you know, so like it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, as long as you're not like punching me in the face or like, oh, yeah, pulling my hair out. Like, oh, yeah. We're good. You can yeah. be drunk. I don't mind. Like, I know. Dude, that's so I think weird. My first sober date was a Tinder date. Oh, really? See, I that's insane to me. I can't fuck with that because, like, I feel like essentially those apps are people meeting up and getting super wasted and going yeah. home and, like, fucking. And, yeah. Like, yeah. I met a nice girl that we dated for a couple times. Oh, yeah. Let's say. She was cool with me not drinking. But I remember when I, when I was drinking, I always thought that women that didn't. Beat, or like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. What happened to you? Something wrong with them or like I like that obviously that I can't hang out with them. Like yeah. because everything I do, I don't have to vocal like say it to them, but everything I do revolves around drinking. So it's a fine line too cuz yeah, people people drink recreationally recreationally and then there's I don't think I could date anyone who was like doing drugs. I think my girlfriend now, she drank wine when we first met. She's not really drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. I definitely could not date someone that was, like, doing drugs. I couldn't do it, no matter what. Like, cocaine. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's too... What is it? Because it's, like, a trigger for you, or, like... I just... I think, like, what's going on in your life... I don't know. People that abuse drugs, it's, like... Personally, I mean, me... Like, I'm not dealing with something. I'm, Mm. like, like band-aiding. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 totally. 
That would be tough for me. But you're happier. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I just trying to be more mindful and I've been reading a lot of Buddhism stuff. Yeah, that's what like my mom's trying to get me into, which is sick. I'm all about it. Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely being more mindful, but like not being judgmental. You know, yeah. like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz it's very easy being a sober person to be like fucking idiot wasted over there. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Yeah. But you yeah. can't do that. You no. just can't do it. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, that was covered great. A lot, covered a lot of yeah, that was good. material. Um, thanks, man. Yeah, that was great. I really liked that. It was good. I needed that. Made my day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Andrew's interview. I'm really psyched that he was able to share his story with us. Sounds like he had a tough time, and he had no other choice, basically, to succumb to sobriety and to sort of get his cards in order. On one note, some people may question Andrew's decision to use marijuana I said this in the introduction to the first episode. I felt like sobriety is really an individual thing, what each person decides for themselves. You know, I'm no specialist. I'm no therapist. Um, I'm just here to provide a platform to share stories of people overcoming their adversity with drugs and alcohol. And if substance abuse or alcoholism is keeping you down, if it's getting in the way of you leading a productive semblance of a human being. If your shit's starting to fall apart, you know, maybe it's time to, to reach out and find help. And in Andrew's case, um, you know, shit hit the fan and he had a long road to recovery and then coming out on the other end, you know, it sounds like he had um, some anxiety to deal with. So, you know, his medicating that anxiety with marijuana, you know, if that's not really counterproductive to to his life, you know, more power to him, you know. Again, I'm just here to facilitate the storytelling. Please find me on Instagram at One More Try Podcast. If yourself or someone that you know would like to share their story, please reach out. One more try podcast at gmail.com I will be adding some more content to the Instagram page so photos I'm going to try and put some skate footy on there I will be sharing artwork of Andrew's up there shortly Um, so yeah please stay tuned for that until next time give it one more try go